0: All right, welcome to episode three of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast. I am your host Bennett Semph. Today, back to you again with another in studio guest, uh, longtime friend of mine, Taylor Katava. going to talk a little bit about his, his journey to where he's at today. I find it extremely interesting. Uh, he's a business owner. He's in the you know the long way to go, short time to get there, business of uh, over-the-road trucking. Uh, so uh, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. TK, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you, brother. Hey, hey. Uh, so I guess just start off, just give us a little... Backdrop of you, who is Taylor Katava? who is TK?
1: <laughs> who is me? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah I, I guess, uh, where, where do you start? <laughs> Birth to now. Go. Birth to now, okay. All right, yeah, I mean, grew up in Minnesota, uh, uh, grew up on a farm. Uh, we raised uh, pigs. Um uh, grew corn and soybeans, did a lot of farming work, and um, family's still there. My grandpa started the farm, and dad has helped uh, build it and expand it. And and uh, my brothers have continued on with that um, that heritage of uh, jumping in <laughs> um, to, uh, to help grow it and, and uh, take care of everything. So i um, super excited. I'm proud of where I came from, proud of the farming community I taught taught our family, taught me a lot. Um, about hard work, about, uh, taking care of, uh, things and having responsibilities, um, you know, with, with farm animals and with, uh, things on the farm. Like if you're not there, if you're not there to take care of them or if you're sick or you don't show up, I mean, things are going <laughs> to go sideways pretty yep. quick, you know, and people need to be fed, uh, animals need to be fed. Um, so yeah, super proud of where I came from, um, and how I, how I grew up. Uh, it 's it's definitely translated uh, a lot in my life to uh, things that i 'm doing now and and things that uh, you know i 'm looking to uh, probably bring my family back someday when I have kids like I want to take them to the farm I want to take them back and see show them like what it 's like what it 's like growing up there what it 's like to, to learn the things that you that you do out on the farm because you don't, you can 't get it really anywhere else
0: right that 's uh, part of what I wanted to touch on with you today is like i 'm glad you brought that up because. Like even myself, just like, you know, working on the farm for other people growing up in the bacon capital of the world, right? Like you do learn a lot of those responsibilities real fast, whether it's your family farm or you're doing that for other people and they rely on you, you know, and it's 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 an interesting thing to me that you're here. So you know, when we look back at, like, people back home, that's, I, I'd say, like, a lot of people's excuse for never leaving, right? Like, yeah. well, I have the farm. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that. Like, did you ever feel like it was your job to, like, stay at home? Did you ever think that that was life? That's what was going to be, TK, was staying back in Martin County and running the farm?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, you know, and a lot of people ask that. And, and honestly, I've never had the pressure to to be that, to do that. Um, you know, I think <clears throat> when it came time to maybe make that decision or, or uh, when it was time for the next place to I – and mean, my, my dad's still pretty young. I mean, we, we grew up pretty – so he's he's been there and he's been able to, to take care of things where we haven't needed to have that kind of next generation pop up until uh, my brothers kind of came into that – um, my younger brother Carter has has definitely stepped into that role, and he is he is all in on it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's actually pretty funny to to observe and to watch, and, and to actually honestly be inspired by because he's just he's he's so intuitive. He is smart. He has taken things that both my my grandpa, my dad, my grandma, um, all the people, and then taken what they have done, what they've taught him, and then also um it on his own, and he went to school for it. And it's, it's kind of always, from a young age, been known that he was kind of going to be the one to, to be there most of the time. So, so no, I, I haven't had the pressure uh, to do that or felt like I had to do it. Yes. Um, and honestly, I don't think that uh, if I really – I guess I'm at a point where in my life where uh, – <sighs> i wouldn't i wouldn't probably be there full time It's really fun to go back in certain times of year like with uh planting and harvest Man, it's it's awesome like you've been around there mm-hmm. it's it's uh it's really special to be able to kind of sow what you you know what you uh reap reap yeah, yeah, yeah I had that backward yeah um and uh, all the hard work that goes into it and and uh just to be around family as well. So, so No, I ha yeah, I haven't felt that pressure.
0: Yeah, so you touched on like Carter being the one that you kinda always felt was gonna be that guy to to wanna be in that and do that. And obviously he is doing really well. I've been talking to him <laughs> through some of your things. What what was that telltale sign that it was gonna be Carter? Uh
1: <laughs> well, it could change. I mean, sure. you know, at any point that like, he he might get sick I don't know, but I, I highly doubt it. I mean, he's he's pretty locked in and, and invested. I mean, he just built his own uh, his own pig barn for right. a bacon um, and a fairly large one at that. And and I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. He's he's <clears throat> working his way into to getting land himself also and renting it and farming it himself. So uh, he'll be there a while and. Um, uh yeah who knows my other brothers might do the same thing and and i might at some point someday as well maybe in a different role but uh right now no i don't i would just help and support them as much as i could
0: yeah so uh moving here uh i think it's pretty unique now because for people that don't know tk has three younger brothers casey and carter are twins and then there's alex so casey and Alex are now here and Carter's back on the farm. So three, three of you are here. Um, what was like your driving to come here? So I know you went to school in St. Paul at St. Thomas, right? And then you stayed up there for a little bit. So you experienced that Metro. What was your drive to, to come to Arizona? What, what set
1: your sights here? Yeah, that was kind of, that's kind of a, um, went from polar opposites you know went from the the farm town to the big city and saint thomas and that was definitely a transition for me um i think there's one other kid in my whole building and in my class that i'm very good friends with now and then he's in my just in my wedding here uh last month um that was a farmer as well Mm -hmm. and so you know (laughs) we we bonded over that and have been very close obviously since then but um how I got down here is I worked up in the Twin Cities for, uh, three, four years after I graduated and I would just in the winter, you know, I'd come down here and come on vacation. Mm-hmm. And, and at, at one point I was, uh, ready to make a change in my life. Um, I think for about a year and a half, I was telling myself I would quit the job that I was in cause mm-hmm. it just wasn't, wasn't fulfilling to me. I was, uh, upset and it's kind of toxic sometimes and I hope uh, this podcast doesn't get big enough for people <laughs> to understand what's up, <laughs> uh, where I'm talking about but um uh yeah it, it just kind of pulled the trigger and ever since then I've kind of made decisions on on a whim and and just went with it yeah um so I yeah I'd come down here for a vacation and then I said why don't I just move down here so move uh move down and then about a week or two later, I had already had commitments to go on a mission trip out to Indonesia so <laughs> went so flew down here, went to Indonesia on a mission trip for a week um, and uh, flew back and I think it was 40 some hours worth of flights between flights and airports and that was that was it was rough, but it was such a great experience and um, uh, I wouldn't have traded that experience for the world it was it was truly really, truly really special to see um, What's going on over there in in the, the organization that we went to, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, ever since it kind of I just fell in love with Arizona. Um, the, the weather, obviously, is is amazing. Summers you get used to them. Yeah, um, just kind of deal with it. I mean, we don't have to get into that. I mean, we talk about it all the time. It's right. The <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah, just kind of found a family, found a community here. Um, we've. <clears throat> great group of friends. I met my wife, um, here. Uh, it's just, it's just where I want to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, you know, for me, um, you know, obviously I've been here just over a year now. And I think the greatest part of being here is how much like my perspective has changed on the world. And, uh, you know, especially like personally, like, you can be anybody you want to be. And when you live in a place like this, I mean, we were kind of talking about it on our way here, how, like, right now we're in Scottsdale and we just drove past these millions of dollars homes, right? Like, it's, it's incredible to see. And then, you know, you cross a line in town and you see the exact opposite of that, like the worst of the worst situations people can live in right now. What do you think personally has been, like the biggest, like, eye-opener, like, how have you, like, spiritually, I guess, or, like, mentally felt yourself change since coming to a community like this?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, 100%. I I was baptized before I came down. I I found Christ again when I was up in Minnesota, and when I moved down here, got plugged into a a church, and and more so even to a community, um, a community of uh, believers and, and people that I consider, even to this day, like, really close friends. Like, we've stayed very very um uh connected and um found a great support system Mm -hmm. uh i don't know i forgot what your question was but
0: oh it just is like (laughs) asking like how have you felt yourself like you know personally like i felt like a definitely more open-minded perspective to the world and to life since i've made the move from rural america to here just how has that changed your perspective being here on everything that you see you know
1: yeah um It's, it's, uh, there's just a lot of opportunity, Yeah, like you said, and not only opportunity for yourself, but for other people as well, um, to help out in situations. I mean, you see a lot of, um, in certain areas you see, obviously we talked about on the way down, you see a lot of homelessness and people that are struggling and, and in this, um, there's more resources available to be able to help to point people in the right direction and and it's i don't know i i I feel so connected and i'm sure you do as well to the community that you want to help out and you want to be a part of it and to to um make things better here
0: yeah absolutely so uh i mean you talked about the new group of friends and obviously like i've been fortunate enough to meet a lot of these people and they are truly salt of the earth people and my first year here would have not been the same without all of them thankful you know for you for introducing Ton and i to all those people and it's been incredible you know thankful for ty as well helping that relationship out but um some of them are a little spicy. Yeah, they are. I mean, and they're all good people, and we have so much fun every time we're together. And yeah. you know, like my thirtieth birthday, you know, here everybody just showing up. That was a ton of fun. So, yeah. uh, thankful for that. But one thing I do want to touch on before we we go is, um, it was the best man in your wedding. One of the people that you obviously met down here, Andrew. Yeah. Drew. Yeah. Um, I want to tell everybody. I want you to tell everybody the uh, the Mike Bill oh, story. Knew. I knew this was going. <laughs> all right.
1: So. Okay. <laughs> so Andrew and I, uh, one day after work, I think we we just stopped down to the park, and just shoot hoops. Uh, this was uh, up at Horizon, and uh, we we're just playing around in the courts. And <clears throat> a guy walked up and he said, "Hey, do you guys, uh, you guys, want to play uh, twenty-one or?" Everyone like, yeah, sure. that, sound, that sounds good. Um, this, this guy's big. We thought he just came from the gym. He's got his, you know, he's got his uh, basketball shoes on, headband, and I cut off and uh, didn't know who he was. We just pulled up and so we started playing twenty one. And and uh, as we were playing, it started. He started to become a little bit more familiar. He introduced himself. I said, Hey, what's your name? Uh, Name's Chris. And uh, and uh, I said, I'm Taylor. This is Andrew. So yeah, we're, we're playing around, and, uh, and then all of a sudden, I think in the second, the, later on the first game, he just, he, he didn't drive to the hoop, he just would sit <laughs> back and uh, shoot threes, mm-hmm. and eventually everything, everything was falling, <laughs> J- just scorching cords, uh, and this is a, like a Walmart basketball, this isn't even like a a, right. a seamed ball, it's like one of those blue and black ones you know and he, yeah and so he he eventually like both of andrew and i were going out to guard him and he would sh- shake us both pretty easily and just <laughs> and just do him. And, and uh i think andrew asked um uh did you play ball anywhere or something he's like yeah i played in sacramento miami and he was like okay that's weird where would you where would you play a ball like that and uh and i think at the end of the game and, and his and what some lady and in, in, was his wife uh was underneath the hoop at the bottom like videotaping him and his daughter so it, it turned out that she was there doing volleyball practice or something because there's volleyball courts right next door and uh and so she's videotaping and they're just laughing giggling <coughs> I'm like what the heck like <laughs> didn't didn't really think anything of it um and so yeah we started to realize uh something was something weird was going on and so we recognized he had some tattoos on his arm and andrew we were done and uh and uh, we went back and Andrew's like, dude, that wasn't Chris I think that was Mike Bibby <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, what no way and so we, we um, yeah it turned out that it was Mike Bibby uh, <laughs> was not was not his he introduced his name as Chris Chris's be funny you know right. and we've and we both didn't believe him we didn't recognize him because he yeah. he had put on you know he just went to the, started going to the gym and it, I think it he's put out some articles since that you know in the NBA they wanted him to be a little bit leaner because whatever reason. Yep. And so, yeah, he's, he, he really filled out and we honestly did not recognize him. And, and, and this was, uh, so his wife must've sent the video to, uh, his son, you know, his family joke and yep. his son, his son po- posted it on Twitter and, uh, it gained, uh, it gained some virality pr- yep. pretty quickly. Uh, last time I checked, this was a long time ago, it was like 400,000 views. like on NBA.com. these, the, the headlines are: uh, local hoopsters don't recognize Mike Bibby, <laughs> a local legend who yeah. played at U of A, and and uh, you know everybody from here knows knows yeah. Mike Bibby. Um, you know, my Andrew's from Nebraska. I'm mm-hmm. from Minnesota, and we didn't. I mean, we knew of Mike Bibby, heard his name, right. but n- never really knew exactly what he you know kind of knew what he looked like. But still, he didn't recognize me because he looked different. Yeah, so. Ah, uh, that's yeah, a little ten seconds uh, of a viral uh, flame. Everyone says it happens once in your life, and I guess that's that's our embarrassing moment. Yeah, I mean, I.
0: I'll never forget the first time you told me that story, and I couldn't stop laughing. And then I looked up the tweet, and then there's like a bunch of sub tweets of it, and it's like everybody's like, "How the hell do you not know who Mike Bibby is?" And it's hilarious because he yeah. is jacked, and like you can see that in the video. Like, yeah. I don't think a lot of people would have guessed like this is Mike Bibby. I mean, that's also he played in the early 2000s. I was 2017, so yeah. a good 15 years removed from his playing career. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, that's uh, that's one of my favorite. Uh, tk like just haha <laughs> funny story so i had to make sure that we got that in there today uh so i guess i want to transition a little bit um uh, talk about you know your business life i think it's uh, it's extraordinary what you've been able to do uh, i don't think you give yourself enough credit especially in these times uh So for those of you that don't know, Taylor is the owner and founder of One Distribution. Um, And so just tell us a little bit about that, um, where that got started at, and where where that vision came from. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's every day that somebody just wakes up and decides, well, I'm going to start a trucking business today. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. I mean, it it just came from, uh, I guess it came from experience. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's starting at... Being a when I was in college, you worked on a dock. I worked on a dock and <clears throat> kind of picked up a lot of the things that happened in the logistics business uh, through working for that company, and then again, the company that purchased them um, at that time worked for them for uh, two, three years. So um, it wasn't it wasn't always easy, uh, especially early on. Uh, I remember the the first job, the <laughs> guys they would smoke in the office. And you know I'm just I'm just the the lowly guy that's paid hourly. That, yep. You know I'm there's no there's no air conditioning either in there either. So uh, there'd be cigarette and c- cigar smoke in the office, and and uh, uh, you know nobody was there to say anything different. Yep. Uh, so I remember going home with pretty bad headaches at the end of the day, and and since there's no AC, I, I, I've I've fondly not fondly, but I remember sweating over invoices, you know, as I'm putting them together on the table and and mailing stuff out or doing whatever I did at the time. And so, um, (laughs) it's, it's really funny to look back now and see how crazy that actually was, uh, at the time. And so, yeah, just, um, you know, I've, I've been told that I've had kind of an old soul I haven't and I and I've recognized that I don't, I don't I haven't really done the same things that other people have done throughout you know other people my age at least I I'd I love to put myself into you know call it work if you want to but just figuring things out and having you know creating better efficiencies and and making life easier on certain people and just doing a good job and I think that was in order to do those things um a lot of effort goes into it. Yeah. Um, you know, when you, when you're so invested in something, you start dreaming about it. And yep. I know many nights I've woken up just rambling off about how, <laughs> you know, this or this is happening, you know, pertaining to what I was doing at the time. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, uh, at you know, when I, when I left the job up in Minnesota and moved down, I, I took a chance on myself. I knew that it was going to be, uh, something that you know I have to give myself a little bit of time to to try out and start start mm-hmm. my own business um and uh yeah, I moved down here and and just kind of dove into it i I tried my best um this was the logistics business this wasn 't even uh the trucking company at this time right um and not many people know this, but it got to the point in where I was uh Cashing out a lot of my my uh, retirement account just to be able to get by, and I remember going to um, Target to get groceries one time, and my card got de- declined because I didn't have any money. I was right. I was I was broke. Yeah, and so <clears throat> it was um, uh, it was tough, but I honestly like I wasn't too worried about it. I knew it was it was all going to work out. Whatever happened, it was it was going to work out. And just about the time I I gave up and it and got a different job stuff started to slowly roll in we started moving more uh customer freight we started um this is again the logistics company by myself um uh you know lining things up for for the customers and the trucks and and whatever and so uh it it really it really picked up and about a year in we had the opportunity not we me uh to to figure out something in San Diego where they had a specific need for um, a certain kind of transportation that was asset based in that area, and I looked into it and i didn 't know how I was going to do it, but i said yeah i 'll figure it out yep, I can do it yeah, I can do it i 'll figure it out i I made sure that I sounded confident about it, but i but i wasn 't right i wasn 't <clears> confident about it i didn 't know how to do it i 've never done that before yep i didn 't know how to buy a truck i didn 't know how to go and and what all the different, especially in california the regulatory processes that they have um keeping it all straight and, and, and doing that sort of thing. And, uh, it, it, it was hard, but we we, we, uh, executed on our commitments and everything, uh, went well. And that was about the time that we brought a couple people on and, um, uh, my brother being one of them and, and CJ and, uh, they're great people. Yeah. Um, helped me figure everything out and, and fill in the pieces that I was missing and do the things that I wasn't good at doing. Um, that's kind of been the the key successful factor in in this whole ordeal. I mean, we're five years in, right? And it's been the people. It's been the it's been uh, you know the 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 team, the family that we put together uh, to do a good job for our customers and to live out a a life that you know we enjoy doing in our careers and not just being something that you hate your job from <coughs> nine to right. five and then uh, you know, going home. So. Um, yeah that was a, that was a year into logistics company the logistics company still operating we got a couple guys both of them actually were former uh, uh, one distribution uh, employees that we moved over to the brokerage and you know because they wanted to try something else but yeah right now we have uh, 9 trucks in the trucking company um, we're trying a different couple different uh, wing offs we have some, we put on some owner operators so we're able to uh give guys that ha- kind of have that entrepreneurial spirit themselves mm-hmm. um to own their own vehicles or own their own trucks and then we help support them with customer freight and and uh handling billing payables uh, all the admin type stuff and and permitting and all those other types of things and so we have the the company guys the owner operators and and who knows where we're gonna go from here, from here but. Uh, it's going really well. I think last year or this. I just looked at the numbers. I we just got back from the wedding. I'm still catching up, but yep. we did about just in the trucking company. We did uh, half a million dollars this first quarter. It's incredible. And it's it's a 154 percent growth over the year prior. So I'm <laughs> uh, thankful. I'm grateful. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to be able to provide uh, a life. For everyone that's in our company, that they're able to, to support their families, um, we're all in it together. It's not just—it's definitely not just me, but it's—it's it's just a—it's just a team deal,
0: right? I—I uh, mean, that's why I know you were a little—I don't know—want to say you were reluctant in coming on, but you didn't think like, oh, I could you know talk about it or anything. But your story is incredible, TK, and I don't think you give yourself enough credit. Uh, just want to backtrack a little bit from the logistics side to the distribution side. What was that gig out in San Diego that got you started? What was that
1: like how, what was that? I got I can't trade I can't share the trade secrets. Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> but uh I mean it's a, it's a uh it's a nice little story, I guess. So uh but uh how long did it take you then to to get from that one truck
1: to two? What was that? Uh it it was it was uh, probably 3 to 4 months. Um, from the time we went to from San Diego, uh, up to the second one, which is up in San Francisco area. Yep. Um, and so it's, it's definitely a unique model in that, you know, a lot of companies that have a physical location, a physical, physical office. And we've never had that. It's always been remote. All the trucks are in their own locations. They, uh, we use outside vendors and have great relationships with, with people that take care of us. Yeah. Um, uh, with the things that you would normally find at you know trucking companies' own yards mm-hmm. uh, so and and even even the office guy you know for the brokerage and the logistics stuff you know everyone works from from home uh they 're able to have that flexibility so i mean when when the pandemic hit, we honestly nothing really changed right um, everything 's pretty much the same and and you know, I don't know if that was uh, set up by design or or if that was just how it how it worked out. And yep. um, you know, we're able to decrease that overhead of having that, and it just worked out. And yeah. so, yeah, you're we uh, ahead of the curve. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, like
0: whether you knew it or not, that's that how
1: coronavirus joke. I guess. I mean, yeah,
0: <laughs> 15 days of slow the curve, just so you know. Three years later, um, but no, I I think it's it, it is fantastic, and I love that you talked about because that is very personal part of it and especially when you start something or you take a risk like i mean i can't imagine how many sleepless nights like especially like when you you know you're very personal there and you talked about going to get groceries and there's not money there right and i think that's part of why i wanted to do this pod and yeah some of these talks will be deep and serious and others will be funny and whatever but i think i mean i don't want to like dive into it but like I think that's a a spot that many people have found themselves at for a lot of time. Like whatever whatever that wall is and they want to just quit, they want to give up. Yeah. What what was it? What what kept you going? Like what? I mean, yeah, the, the what kept you going? I mean, that is a everybody's faced a rock and i think like most people are ready to run away i mean the, you know there's a quote out there that 90% of men are just running from their problems and like that you know so <laughs> yeah. i think that's the easy way out is just to say well it's done i failed like out. what what made you wake up the next morning and just keep going
1: uh you know what honestly i don't know i have no idea yeah. it it <clears throat> You know, I, I actually went when I, at that time when I, the story about the groceries and I was interviewing at certain places, uh, and uh, and when it turned around, like I don't I don't know I have no idea I don't know what if it was just like God's will or the the plan that it was. I mean, I feel like I was more than qualified for a lot of positions, but like it just wasn't it didn't work out that way. Right? Um, I could have got a different job. It could have went that way. It Could all this all could have never happened? Yeah. Um, I have no I have no idea. I think. For me personally, I had a chip on my shoulder i don't know where it came from yeah um, and even to this day like i i feel I still feel that chip I still got it um, it's It's something that <clears throat> gets me excited I've found out a lot about myself uh, in this whole process and and what kind of drives me what pushes me forward right um, what what gets me excited uh, about creating new business or, or helping people out or creating new efficiencies or helping our, our, our own employees out in, in their day to day jobs. Yeah. You know, and, and seeing things that uh, are happening and, and fixing them. And then also looking down the road, just like what, what issues may we have uh, and how can we not or stop them from happening? Or what are we going to do in this situation to uh, uh, prevent them from happening? Or what are we going to do to, if it does happen? Right. So yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I kind of want to piggyback that off that for a second. So, like in the last year, I mean, two years, three years, whenever coronavirus started, uh, I mean, everybody, especially like business and business, business owners, right? Whether you're in sales, whatever, everybody's seen problems and felt problems. And you talked about like you know now picking them up before they go. What is how has your forecasting of those things changed? Like I mean, I know from a personal standpoint, like the trucking industry right now is it's it's absolutely insane, right? Like freight loads are through the roof and I know like I've heard horror stories of literally guys like leaving trailers on the side of the road and going and picking up something else and like that thing's ha- like, how have you navigated around all of this and how have you I mean, obviously we know that you're a good dude and like how, you know, you're true to your word, but how have you continued to build your brand through one of probably the, the worst times to build a business? How have you continued to go up and hit that 154% growth? You know, how, what's, what's set one distribution apart over the last two years through all this madness?
1: Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely been madness. I mean, the, the it's been so up and down mm-hmm. um, the market. I mean, we have gotten into uh, relationships with, with people that needed their freight moved uh, in a dedicated capacity so that we, we are, they can rely on us. We can rely on them for the, the work and we're not out you on know, the spot market, you know, chasing stuff around. I'm just not sure if you know what that, it, it's basically like there's uh, certain things that you can just go and work through different brokers. And it's, It's just a it's just a weird world. We try to work with our customers directly um, to support them, and we've done. That's kind of what's pushed us forward is having, you know, weekly or monthly check ins with our customers. Just say, hey, how's how's everything going? You know, a lot of times we don't even talk about work. We just you know talk about each other's lives, what's going on, you know. And if work stuff comes up, or if there's actually things that need to be fixed, which there there was to begin with, with any you, you start any company, there's certain things that, uh, there's going to be hurdles sure. uh, right away. And, and I think with the ones that we've, we've set up, uh, the contracts anyway, we've gotten those things and, and addressed them right away. And then everything pretty much flows pretty seamlessly. And then we're just kind of growing internally from there to, to expand our capacities, to provide more insightful knowledge, to have better analytics, to, um, service the customer better. So. Yeah, that's where I think we're at. What were some of those hurdles? <clears throat> so you're five years in,
0: and I think, I mean, that's very infant status in any business, right? Yeah. So what if some of those, not just COVID-related, but, like, you know, like, if you looked at the outside world, like, everybody's, like, talking about finding people, right? Like, people's yeah. the hurdle. What's been your biggest hurdle on just, like, strictly the business side, keeping everything going?
1: Um, Keeping everything going? Yeah, if I probably – Probably finding people. Yeah, um, we've we've had some luck with like a, you know job boards and stuff like that and being able to find someone. But a lot of a lot of our guys, we it's just word of mouth, right? Um, you know, one of the one of my favorite stories actually is about uh, a guy that um, uh, jumped on with us. He was uh, started in in uh, California, um, and so how it all started was I was working in the logistics part. And we had a load of, I think, um, ammunition canisters or whatever it was from Utah to Virginia Beach, I think. And I was working on uh, finding a truck for it, and I ended up talking to this guy, and <clears throat> we just got into a conversation on the phone. And like it, it, it happens sometimes, where you just start talking to someone, mm-hmm. and it's not just about the work, you know, this per- the pertinent details of a certain order. It was we just kind of got into it, and and um, I mentioned kind of what we were doing in California. And, uh, and he said, uh, I won't forget this. He said, uh, you know, I my son actually went to is moving back to California and that sounds like something that he actually would be interested in. And I was like, Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. If you want to pass along his information, like, or have him reach out to me, I'd be happy to, to chat about it and see where we can, um, where we could go, uh, from there and see if it works out. And, um. Ended up talking to him. He's, he's a great guy. Um, we ended up hiring him, and he jumped in the truck and started doing uh, uh, kind of North County, San Diego uh, deliveries. And um, not till I think one of the when he started, he got trained in, and we were out to dinner uh, with he and his girlfriend at the time, now fiance. And um, and he t- he is telling me, he said, Taylor, listen, I I was driving over the road, and I told him. Um, my girlfriend at the time that I was going to move back to California and we didn't have anything figured out and uh, I wanted to be back with her and so that we could spend more time together and kind of grow our life together and and move forward and I had nothing lined up when when I decided this and a week later is when you're is when my dad ended up talking to you on the phone and when we figured everything out and it was just like a, a line of the stars and I I we call it um divine intervention yeah like uh something like that and he's 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 amazing he's such a great guy and and he does such a good job and he's good with all of our team members and our customers and and um so happy to happy to have him so uh you know it's stuff like that that you know things come along and um there's definitely some outside help absolutely uh in all of that and it's not just it's not just us and the things that we do but but also um you know things they're just how they uh are meant to be or we yeah get, we get some help
0: absolutely yeah we always yeah we do <clears throat> uh one thing i guess i wanted to touch on and it's something that i hope to do Ooh. while we grow the pod and you kind of talked about it but like um you know i think everybody listens to a podcast for a different reason right and i want to i want to do this so many different ways and uh, you know, there's somebody out there that's trying to start a business right now that hopefully hears your podcast and like they can just keep going. But like in general, if you could give, I mean, we've both done, you know, different things in, in life and like, you know, you're a risk taker and I love that about you. So like, you know, from moving from, you know, Martin County to here or whatever, right. All those things, starting your own business, literally going in and being declined on the groceries, like, what is the one thing like if somebody was reluctant to do something that Taylor would tell them?
1: It's like the old Nike slogan, just do it. Yeah. Right? You'll figure it out. Just go ahead. Just start. Do something. hmm You know, just don't don't wait around. Just do whatever whatever needs to be done first, do it. And don't and, and I wouldn't say like a lot of people I see. That I think is prohibitive is that they they advertise it first. They post it on their Instagram, oh, "I'm doing this. I'm I'm going to do this." And it, keep it keep it to yourself. You yeah, go do it first, and then and then once you've done it or you're working on it, then you know people will come to it. I, I you know, when, we, when I started getting my private pilot's license here, right. uh, Like I didn't tell anybody. Yeah, I only t- told Morgan and maybe one or two other people. But I don't want to. I don't want to. Oh. Oh, Taylor's getting his pilot's license. You know, it it was it was a thing where I wanted to do it first, and then and then be able to to be able to celebrate with my friends or or celebrate that. But um, yeah, I didn't sell anyone until I soloed soloed myself, which has been quite. <laughs> it's I didn't. I You know, flying a plane myself, I had no idea that I was even capable of doing that. Right. Um. And it's it was it's been one of the most therapeutic and. Uh, exciting thing that's things that i've done in a while yeah mm-hmm.
0: so i guess i mean like <clears throat> talk about that for a second um i loved i i saw one morning like you're know, like saturday morning traffic and you're sitting in line yeah uh what just spurred that decision like i mean i just touched on like you're a risk taker like there is nothing that <clears throat> there is no doubt that if taylor katava told me he was doing something or like i want to do this that it w- it would be done right so what you just wake up one morning and you're like, I think I want to be a pilot
1: or I, I I think that when things are put, this is just for me personally, but I think that when things are put into your mind, um, or, or you feel a, 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 a nudge or a, a something pulling you along to do something, um, more than once, Mm -hmm. if it keeps happening in your mind or it keeps popping up, then it's, it's probably something that you should, Take seriously. Yeah. Um, and and flying the planes, that was that was something that I've wanted to do since I was a kid. I've always enjoyed, um, uh, like I went when I went to St. Thomas, I was uh, going to do the Air Force ROTC. Or I actually was <coughs> in the Air Force ROTC for a hot second. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I had a cup of coffee with the Air Force ROTC.
0: <laughs> Basically.
1: <laughs> I, at that time, it was, it was tough for me to take direction uh, from... From, uh, from people, and mm-hmm. so it just didn't work out at, at that time. Um, uh, college in general did, just didn't work out for me. It just wasn't something that I was uh, quite interested in, and it wasn't appealing to me, and I think partially some of it was uh, some <laughs> some uh, results of high school and college football yeah, um, with head injuries and being able to focus and, and whatnot and stuff like that, but um, but yeah i would uh, i've kind of felt and i've been more aware of of things when they when they continue to be um you know not at the forefront of your mind but like oh that i, I would like to do that or oh, oh that pops back up in your mind okay okay yeah. all right so yeah i'll look into it and then at a certain point just sign up and go
0: yeah so is one distribution getting in the next day delivery game then? or Is that what's next?
1: <laughs> it's same day right now. Same day. All right.
0: Well, <clears throat> next day across the country though. No, no, no. Okay. You're gonna need rocket ships. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so as we wind down here today, uh, uh, one thing that I kind of I think is get a hoot out of people is what's your uh, what's your guilty pleasure uh, song? What's your what's your, that you would never tell any of us that you listen to when you're by yourself that you're
1: kind of embarrassed of? I, you know what? I should have been prepared for this. I heard you ask <laughs> D something like this or something similar, and and honestly, I don't have an answer for that. Really? I I, I listen to different genres of music and you know, just depending on my mood. But to be quite honest, and I, it might be weird to some people, but I just like to sit in silence when I'm driving. Really? Yeah. Like I like to I like to listen. I would say like to, but it just kind of happens. Like, my mind is so everywhere that, mm-hmm. that uh, you know, if, if I'm excited, especially if I'm excited about something, like, I'll, I'll start thinking about it. And uh, and uh, driving is usually the time that I can spend uh, thinking about it where I'm not distracted. Yeah.
0: Well, I appreciate you, brother. Uh, I think you're genuinely one of the greatest people that I've ever met. Uh, I know that you are not like i said not reluctant to come on but i think your story is great and i, I think that people need to hear it so i'm glad we could do this um uh, i appreciate everyone listening uh, please rate five stars subscribe unsubscribe subscribe again do all that share to your personals uh we'll be back next week with another episode thank you so much Only green the way you bought it